book of Joshua this morning, Joshua chapter number 24, Joshua chapter number 24, and I, as I always do, I've enjoyed the music this morning, the message in these songs, and uh, that song got to be a comfort to uh, us today. If you know the Lord, uh, He's really the only one we need to know, and uh, it doesn't matter what goes on in this world, my God uses this world as His footstool, and uh, I'm, I, I want to keep my focus on Him this morning, the book of Joshua, verse number 15, is going to be our text verse, and a very familiar verse uh, if you are familiar with the Bible. But before we get there, we're going to begin with verse number 1, and I'm going to read from verse number 1 all the way down through verse number 15, because it provides added context to verse number 15, and with the message that I'm going to bring today, uh, I want to uh, do that this morning. So if you'll follow with me beginning with verse number 1 of Joshua chapter number 24. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out, and I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. When they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. Now I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Baar, to curse you. And I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jericho and came unto Jericho, went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with the sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye build not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted, not do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. In verse number 15, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a 
great verse of Scripture. What a strong statement by Joshua. Uh, it was a statement of fact. If you've been around the Bible any length of time, you certainly are familiar with that verse. You're familiar with the Bible character Joshua. Joshua, who succeeded that great leader Moses. Moses took them to the promised land. Joshua led them into the promised land. And God used Joshua to vanquish the enemies of that land. Joshua is not a young man now. Joshua is much older than the man we find uh, before uh, he led them, the people, into this promised land. Joshua is coming to the end of his life. And there's a decision on God, by God's people that has to be made. Joshua reminds them of what God has done, and we get to verse number 15, and we see that statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This morning I have a message that the Lord has put on my heart that I want to deliver. I'm going to borrow a title for this message from a message that I preached probably 8 to 10 years ago from this same text. It is not the same message, but I believe the title works for this message as well. And that title is this. The need of a Joshua decision. The need of a Joshua decision. There's a lot of talk today, politically and otherwise, about decisions that need to be made. I want to be very practical and bring us back to what I think the real decision is that needs to be made. Our nation is a nation that has been blessed and gifted by God. And we have a responsibility as God's people to be the light, to be the salt, to be the remnant that God would bless. And more than I'm worried about what might happen in our nation politically or otherwise, I am concerned about what goes on in my home. I'm concerned about what goes on in our churches. And today, there is a great need for a Joshua decision. I'll make this statement, then I'll ask the Lord to bless in a word of prayer. Uh, if you do not make a Joshua decision... The decision will be made for you. And we must decide what we are going to do with what God has given us. Father, I pray that you would help us today as we look into this passage of Scripture. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that has been sung about this morning. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and how we can have a relationship with you, but it's through Christ. Father, I pray if there's one unsaved this morning, may they realize their need of salvation. May they look to Christ today. And Father, I pray that as the message is preached, the Spirit of God would work in hearts. May we be quick to follow His leading. In areas that we need to step out in faith, may we be willing to step out in faith. Areas of conviction that we need to deal with, may we deal with those areas today. But Father, through everything, may Christ be honored and magnified. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. Most of us would be familiar with this passage of Scripture. Joshua makes a great desire, makes a great statement. We see Joshua's desire in Joshua's decision. Uh, from verse 1 all the way down through verse number 15, we find a, 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 a story being told, their history being told to them by Joshua. Joshua felt it was important, as God did. In verse number 1, you see, and they, Joshua called everybody before him, and the Bible says they presented themselves before God. And Joshua begins to remind them of everything that God had done for them. 
he read them, if you will, the abridged version of their history, which they were very familiar with. And he reminded them of where they started and what God had done. And now that they're on this side of the river, they got, Joshua reminds them of what God did on the other side and how the false gods were worshipped. And, and your fathers were over there, but God had been faithful to even bring you out of bondage and deliver you to where you are now in this land that God had provided for them. He reminds God's people that the enemies that rose up against you, God vanquished. God defeated them. God overcame them. Enemies much greater than themselves, God defeated them. And Joshua reminds them that you're in a land, you're, you're receiving the benefits of blessings that you had nothing to do with, it just came at the hand of God. Then we get to our text verse when Joshua says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Now, I believe every word is in the Bible on purpose. I believe God put it there because He wanted it there. I believe every word in the Bible matters. And God said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Now, that might seem odd to you and I, because here we sit in church on Sunday morning, where we should be today. We want to serve the Lord. We have a heart to serve the Lord. But God compares and makes the analogy that some would assume that serving Jehovah God, following Him, it might be evil. Now, bear in mind that this is from God's viewpoint. You say, well, Pastor, how can that be? Isn't this just a matter of opinion? Oh, no, when God had been as good as God had been to them, for them to serve a God of stone or wood or, or the nature would have been evil in comparison to what God had done for them. And the same would be true of you and I today. As good as God has been to us, why would we not want to serve God? As good as God has been to us, why would we not choose Him over the pleasures of this world, over the gods of today? It is a choice that Joshua is bringing, a decision that he is bringing the people to, that he had already made his decision, but that comparison of it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. Well, I hope you know the Lord today, and I know that most, if not all, would give a testimony of knowing Christ through salvation. Well, what a gift we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we all realize today as I look around the crowd and, well, you all clean up so nice. And this is a good look, well, it, this is a good looking crowd in front of me and not so much behind me. I'm sorry you got to look at that the whole service, but no, this is a great crowd. But just to be reminded, as I was already saying this morning, we're just sinners. Saved by the grace of God. If you haven't been saved very long and you're new to the things of the Lord, don't be intimidated by what you see. We are all just sinners by the grace of God from the pulpit to the back pew. We are all nothing but those who would be lost without Christ. And it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ that we have hope, we have eternal life, we have forgiveness of sins. No church could do that. No religious man could do that. Only through the shed blood of Christ can a man be saved, redeemed, and forgiven. We are just sinners saved by grace. 
What a gift we have in Christ. With our salvation this morning, think with me, we have heaven awaiting us. And oh, the joys of thinking about how wonderful that place called heaven is. Can I also add this morning, someone as a child who put their faith and trust in Christ, I'll never spend a moment in that horrible place called hell. I'll never know what it's like to experience that agony of paying for my own sins. That is what salvation is. That is a gift. You do realize this morning that all of us, with no exception, the Bible says there is none good, for all have sinned, for the wages of sin is death. All of us deserve hell because of our sin and our sin against God. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. And aren't you thankful that there was a day in your life when you realized your need of salvation, you realized you were just a sinner, you realized you sinned against God, and your punishment was to pay for your sins and for all of eternity in that horrible place called hell. But the Bible says, the gift of God is eternal life. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And through faith, the best you knew how, you put your faith and trust in what Jesus did for your salvation. After what God did for us, how could we not serve Him? After what God did for us, how is this even a choice that we have to think about? And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. And then Joshua provides the choice. There's the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, the gods of the Amorites, the pagan gods. Then he says, I'll take the other choice, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think we know where Joshua stood. Sadly, as after Joshua died, many went back on their decision and they chose the gods of the new land that they lived in. And friend, when you choose the different gods, you have that choice. You have a choice of way of life, but you're also choosing what you put your faith and your hope in for eternity. And what Joshua was saying was, I'm going to follow the leadership of the one who brought us this far. I'm going to follow the one who I'm depending on in my eternity. And that's the decision that you and I make is the pagan gods and their way of eternal life, the true God, Jehovah God, His instructions for eternal life, and the life of blessing or the life of cursing that we live with our decision. Now, I notice a couple of things in, in this passage of Scripture in, the, in verse 15. I'll get to the outline in just a moment. Joshua made a twofold decision. He first of all said, as for me, you know, before he could worry about what Mrs. Joshua thought or Joshua Jr. could think of or what the neighbors could think of, 
Joshua had to decide for himself. Am I not use that this morning to bring all of us to the realization that nobody else can decide for you? You must decide. And quite frankly, the reason why we have young people who grow up in, in homes where mom and dad has decided is the fact that, yeah, mom and dad decided, but they never decided that when it was time for it, and they can make their choices, they never decided that they would serve the Lord. You know my testimony. You know the home I grew up in. My father sits right back there, and he pastored this church for more than 30 years. I grew up in a preacher's home, but he did not decide for me whether or not I would serve God. Now, when I lived in his house, he decided whether or not we were going to be in church on Sunday. It's a twofold decision. He decided for himself. And by the way, can I just make a quick analogy? You, you can only decide your own salvation. As much as I would like to just be able to decide a decision for, make that decision for somebody else, I can't. It's heartbreaking for somebody to reject Christ, knowing what they're choosing for themselves, and I'm powerless outside of prayer to do anything about it. But he made that choice, first of all, for himself, but then, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can only imagine, I can't help but imagine how that would play out in today's world. Joshua and that toxic masculinity made a decision for his whole home. We will serve the Lord. I think we need some Joshua decisions in our world today. We need some Joshua decisions in our churches today. Let me give you some things that the Joshua decision will reveal about yourself. God's people were going to decide. God had been so good to them. You and I, we're going to decide what we do with our life. We're going to decide how we serve God. That's a decision that all of us must make, and this decision does affect our family. I would dare say it would have been a lot harder for Mrs. Joshua and, 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 and the Joshua kids and all those family to serve God if Joshua didn't decide to do it. We have to make that decision. Let me, let me give us some things this morning that the Joshua decision reveals. Number one, it reveals gratitude. Look at me in verse number 13 again. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not. And you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do ye eat. Joshua is reminding them how good God's been to them. Might I remind you and I this morning how good God's been to us? I, I, I've, I've got the platform this morning. I've got the microphone, so I'll testify. You may not have this chance to give this testimony this morning, but I do. The only good thing about me is God. The only hope that I have is in Him. He has been good to me. I stand here today and I testify I'm a blessed man. God has blessed me with many things. God has blessed me with wonderful family and He's given me wonderful opportunities to serve Him. And there, There's very few things, if anything, that I would change in my life. God has been good to me. I think of the fact when I went to bed last night, I was saved. When I woke up this morning, I was saved. 
And when I get a cat nap in my recliner this afternoon, I'll still be saved. Because Jesus shed his blood on Calvary, paid for my sins so that I might be saved. Boy, God's been very good to me. So when a Joshua decision is made to serve him, what does it reveal? It reveals his heart of gratitude. You don't have to raise your hand to respond this morning, but are you a child of God? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Are you one of the redeemed? Are you one of those he refers to lovingly as the redeemed that his children who have been saved by the blood of Christ? Boy, what an opportunity when that decision comes. I'm going to make that the right decision. I'm going to decide to serve God because I have a heart of gratitude. I realize everything I have, I could not earn for myself. You know what everybody who's ever tried to earn their way to heaven, you know what they've received? They've always come up short. Nobody's ever got there. But because it was through Christ, it's gratitude. God has been good to us. And I want to make this decision for myself. And as the head of my house, it's known where we are going on Sunday. And by the way, young people, if you grow up that way, marry somebody that grew up that way. You're going to have problems. Uh, it's a Joshua decision that needs to be made. It's a, it's a heart of gratitude. Let me give you the second thing that the Joshua decision reveals. It's found in verse number 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Joshua decision reveals, number two, fear. This is not the fear that you were cowering in your corner because you saw a shadow in your closet. This is an awe that can bring fear. This is an awe. This is a great respect because of who God is. You know what would change our world? You know what would change our nation? You know what would change our churches and our homes? If we got afraid of God again, And can I just take some liberty this morning? I'm asking, that's a rhetorical question, because I'm going to take some liberty this morning. The natural disasters that are taking place in our world have nothing to do with global warming. But there's a God in heaven who has always used those things to get the attention of the creation that lives on his planet it is no coincidence that even in our own nation, as we turn our back to him and elected leaders thumb their nose at him and try and explain away some of these things. Well, it's, it's too many SUVs on the road. Oh, no, it's a, it's a God who sits on his throne, who looks at his creation. He's written all the laws of science. He can break all the laws that he's written, and he gets the attention of man and says, look up here to me, I'm trying to speak to you. And in foolishness, in many cases, it's like, well, I guess we need it. We're just consuming too much on this planet. No, God is trying to get the attention of man. There needs to be a fear and awe of God. I'm going to confess something to you, and it may make you think less of me, and that's okay. 
You know my testimony. I was saved very young. God called me to preach when I was very young. Grew up in kind of a Christian home, but in a pastor's home. No, I grew up in a, in, in a Christian home as a preacher's kid. I wish I could say that I always stayed on the right track because I was that good of a Christian. But I can't say that. But I can tell you there was times when I wasn't very spiritual. I was too scared of God to not stay on the right track. Because I had been around the things that God around the things of God enough to have seen the hand of God, to have seen the move of God, to realize that God is not just real, He's ever present. And He is not one whose name should be taken in vain. He is not one whose name should be part of a curse word. He is not one whose name should be on the same plane with, 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 with Allah or anyone else. He is Jehovah the Almighty. We need to have a little awe about that. That's why the house of God should not be a playground. The house of God on Sunday morning shouldn't look like the bar on Saturday night. There needs to be some awe, some fear of God. And when I decide and you decide that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, it reveals that there's a fear, there's an awe. We ought to be in awe of His authority. I mentioned this not too long ago in the message that I enjoy going out in a clear sky and just looking at the stars. And it's not because I'm reading my horoscope. It's, I just, I, I, I'm married and have girls, so I go outside sometimes to get some peace. So look at the stars and say, oh, why, God? Why? No, that's, uh, When I look at that sky and those stars and I realize that God spoke every one of them into existence. And this Bible tells me He has a name. And these scientists of today who know more than God can't even tell us how many stars there are. But God could... He can do a roll call. How much more is he aware of you and I? His authority over this world, his holiness. God is holy. We do not measure God by the word holiness. We measure holiness by God. He's the standard of holiness. That's why a holy God is not going to let unholy things in His presence. That's why sin has separated man from God. And that's why we can only get access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood and that faith that it takes. That's how we get access to Him because He is a holy God. What reveals power, that fear, because I know who God is and what He can do. You know God can still do miracles? Let me rephrase that. Do you know God still does miracles? God still does miracles. God still does that which none of us can do. And when we make a decision that I'm going to follow Him, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and what every one of us need to do today is we need to decide, I'm going to serve God with my life. 
I'm going to follow him. I'm going to dedicate myself to him. And, 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 and couples ought to, ought to kneel today and, and say, we are going to rededicate ourselves and we're going to serve God with our life and we're going to be where we're supposed to be. And boy, I would, I would feel horrible if the Lord's Day came around again and I was not where I was supposed to be. It is a decision that must be made. And when we make that decision, it's not because it's just a gathering of people together. It's because we have a God who there's a fear of because we know who he is what he's done and what he's capable of doing. I see, next of all, when that Joshua decision is made, it reveals, number three, sincerity. In verse 14 again, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. It reveals the heart. You think about what Joshua is declaring in verse number 15. Use some, use some practicality with me this morning. He is standing in front of the whole nation. Y'all do what you want to do. But as for me, this is the man who led them in the battle. This is the man who had, God had used to get them established into the promised land. And in front of a nation, he says, you do what you, in so many words, you do what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You say, what would he have done if somebody in his house wouldn't have served God? I don't know. The book of Joshua is very clear, the kind of man Joshua is. All I know is you said, as for me and my house, maybe somebody would have had to move. I don't know. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That can only be done with a sincere heart. You know nobody likes a hypocrite. You ever talk to somebody and they're like, oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, I've prayed for you. And then when you leave their presence, you're like, I don't believe a word of what you just said to me. There's a lot of people who say, well, we, I don't go to church because there's nothing but hypocrites there. Well, it doesn't stop us from going to other places where there's hypocrites. Okay, I'm, I know it's Sunday morning, but I'm going to let one of my pet peeves come out. And there's a couple here that might be offended by this. Have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. Every time I hear that, I want to say, liar. <laughs> You're getting paid to do that. Or it's my pleasure. The point I'm trying to make is we don't like insincerity. Oh, you look at our politicians. How do you know when they're lying? Y'all all finished that when their lips are moving. But the only way you and I can, can make the statement and then follow through with it, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, it reveals a sincere heart. Can I tell you something that we all know, but I think it's good for us to be reminded this morning, that God knows every heart in here. He knows who the saved and the unsaved are. He knows who those who are out of fellowship with Him. He knows who's harboring bitterness in their heart this morning. He knows 
every heart. And you and I could give, get up and give a big speech and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And God knows whether or not it's sincere. Well, Pastor, I just, I'm not going to make that commitment because God knows my heart. But everybody around you doesn't. So a declaration, if you will, a decision should prove a testimony of a sincere heart. If you sincerely want to serve the Lord today, it will play out in your actions. It will play out in your decisions. What Joshua did and what I am admonishing all of us to do today cannot be done without a heart for God. Be very, very careful, Christian, of letting something steal your heart. We should have a heart for God. We should have a heart for Him. I give you number four very quickly. We see again in verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve this day, I have this next word circled in my Bible, choose. What the Joshua decision reveals is action, number four. There's a lot of Christians, I think, you're aware, we're aware of the two choices. There's, very simply, there's, we can gather the information from verse 15. There's the choice of the gods of the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites, the false gods. And then the side that Joshua chooses, Jehovah God, the Lord. I think most of us, if not all of us, would say, yes, I'm aware that there is Two choices. But I'm afraid that the word that gets overlooked too many times is that word choose. You cannot be neutral. You must choose one side or the other because not choosing is actually a choice. Christians chose today whether or not they would honor the Lord's house or not. Christians will choose this week if they'll honor the Lord with their words, if they'll honor the Lord with their actions. It's a choice. And we live in a day when everybody wants to blame everybody for everything. It's because they don't want to acknowledge their choices. Well, it's because of the church. It's because of the preacher. It's because of my country. It's because of this. No, it's because of your rebellious heart and your poor choices. We do the same thing. When really it's as simple as choosing. Choosing. You came to church today because you chose to do so. Many of you have been coming for not just years, but decades. It's easier now than when you first started. You made that choice, and then you followed through with that choice. This morning, I don't know the need of every heart, but I would say the first thing that needs to be addressed is knowing for certain that if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity in heaven. Life is not as secure as we like to think it is. 
I don't know, this may be somebody's last day. Pastor, how can you say that? I didn't say that. God said that. We know not the hour. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of individuals, there have been and will be a lot of individuals who enter into eternity having an opportunity to do something about their salvation, but yet they put it off and they never did. But I can testify today the wisest decision I've ever made was to put my trust in Christ the moment that I was under conviction. Put my faith in Him and do something about what was going Even as a child, I knew what I deserved as a sinner, and I knew that Jesus was the way. The wisest decision I ever made after salvation, the wisest decision I ever made was to choose to serve God. I'm not a perfect man. Thank you for not amening on that. I appreciate that. Perhaps the reason why there was not any more response than there was is because we could all say the same thing about ourselves. All I can do after I choose Christ for my salvation is choose to serve Him. If you, again, I don't know what goes on in every home, but if there's problems in a home, there's burdens in a home, sometimes we look in the wrong places to get those problems solved to get strength for those burdens. And sometimes it's as simply as saying, Lord, I'm just going to follow you. We like to fix everything else, but that which we have the control to fix. And today, this morning, my challenge to all of us is, why don't we decide for the first time or rededicate ourselves today to say, I'm going to serve the Lord. Part of in the light of that Joshua decision is as a head of a house, a husband, as a father, say, to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to follow that book. I'm going to be the best Christian I can be. I'm going to do the things that is necessary to affect my house in a positive way. Because the only way I can be the, the, the husband that I, that I should be, the father that I should be, is to follow after him. Every wife and every mother, and especially those mothers, you have the responsibility to still rear your children. The greatest thing you can do for your children is for them to have a mom who follows God. A mom who loves the Lord. Well, all of us, the young people who are in the room this morning, why don't you decide before you get out of the house, decide now, I am going to serve the Lord. Make a Joshua decision. You'll make it in a reveal some of these things that we mentioned this morning, but why don't we decide we're going to serve God? Say, the next year there may be some greater challenges that we don't even know about. How are we going to get through them? We just got to decide. Choose. Pastor, it's not popular to be a Bible believer. That's not why I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Bible believer because I believe this book is true. I choose 
to serve God. I choose to follow this book. I choose my position by my choice to follow Him. Maybe you've made this decision in the past, but you've strayed from it. You've, you've gotten away from it. Aren't you glad we have a God of second chances? So, Pastor, I'm on my 12th chance. Well, he's got that covered too. He's a God that is more gracious and merciful than we deserve. And it would be a wonderful thing today to see Christians bow their head and even bow their knee and say, I am deciding that I'm going to serve God. I'm deciding again that I'm going to serve God. Father, I pray that you...